0: crashes in you know it's time to begin dlc and wherever you are whenever you are and however you happen to be listening we're so glad you've chosen to tune in hey maybe you're listening to us in the car stuck in commute traffic we're gonna be with you we're in your ear holes for 90 plus minutes talking games because dlc is your downloadable commentary for the week delivered the way it's meant to be completely free and that's thanks to our sponsors this week squarespace And Casper. They made that possible, bringing the show to you. DLC is the show all about gaming in its many forms games played on desktops, laptops, and consoles, and also games that involve dice, luck, and cardboard. I'm your host, Jeff Kanata. That's spelled with two N's and one T. And I'm joined, as always, by my friend slash co host slash nemesis, the guy who joins me in hunting, stalking, and killing skype in its natural habitat christian spicer hello christian
1: hello jeff skype is like darth vader uh and when you're on hoth and you're doing great and then darth comes out of nowhere and he throws his lightsaber and you really have you have no choice you you go down you go down when skype goes down
0: it is force choking us every week (laughs) (laughs) that's what it's doing uh thanks to everybody who sent in nice comments about last week's show about uh how we have improved the sound quality we are still working in, in that on that endeavor Uh, This week, uh, I hope it continues that trend, but um, the folks at 5 by 5 are helping us out, making the show sound a lot better. So thank you guys all for your comments. As always, you can send in comments, questions, thoughts uh, to dlcfeedback at gmail.com. Got a lot of great emails this week. Thank you for that. Uh, We have an awesome guest this week. DLC is always your downloadable Kanata and your downloadable Christian. But this week, oh man, we are excited because for the first time, DLC stands for Designing locomotion for characters, because we have <laughs> the senior animator at Bosky Productions and formerly an animator of Saints Row 3 and 4, Mr. Zach Lowry. Welcome to DLC, Zach. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. We're, uh, we are very excited to have you this week. I think uh, there will be lots of first person shooter talk, and uh, you're working on a, a first person shooter right now at Bosky, right? We, we just got the first news of that uh, only a couple of weeks ago.
2: I am. I am. We're uh, we're working hard on Lawbreakers. Announced it uh publicly at PAX this year out in uh, Seattle. Had some hands-on shows of that. Yeah, so, private playthroughs and people were digging it. So, I uh, I'm looking forward to some FPS talk. Awesome. Yeah. It does it does look very very cool. Um I think I, I think it would be
0: interesting for our listeners to know what a senior animator does on a big AAA video game like uh like Lawbreakers.
2: So uh, pretty much what I do on a daily basis, it's myself and I've got two other guys. They're both seniors as well. Uh, we're, we're working with game designers on a daily basis and our gameplay programmers that are coming up with you know character classes and ideas for weapons and things like that. And what uh, what I kind of described my job to, to my wife as a long time ago <laughs> was people make art. And then animators make that art move. So we're, we're, bringing, it, we're bringing it to life. And uh, honestly, it, it's kind of the visual art of game design. So you know, we're balancing things, making them responsive, uh, and also making them look pretty at the same time. So did you come from an art background? Are you uh, a, an
0: artist, an illustrator? Is that where your, your background came, or did you start with video games?
2: No, my background is <laughs> I, I'm a terrible artist. Uh, that, that's why I'm an animator. No, uh, I, I went to school because I knew that I wanted to do video game development, but I didn't quite know what that meant. So, went to school uh, down at Full Sail University in Florida. And I thought, you know, video game development was going to be just make a cool looking character or something like that. And then I got in there and realized that uh, that's really hard to do. <laughs> so,. Uh, <laughs> Where where I started falling behind on that stuff, uh, others were excelling. But then when we got into animation, I uh, just I don't know it, it came naturally to me. I guess it was years and years of making little flip books as a kid. You know, drawing guys skateboarding, doing kick flips and stuff like that, or getting eaten by sharks and stuff. <laughs> uh, it, you just you just kind of put it put it together, and it's like playing with you know your your toys or your GI Joes, but in 3D. So. That's super cool, man. I feel like I could be good at that i
0: I made those flipbooks all the time. I mean they were terrible, but uh, um, so full sale university is that would you in hindsight now, would you recommend kids today that wanted to do what you do for a living? Would you recommend them getting a degree like you got in in game design
2: Here's what I say uh, when I get this uh, I get this question asked to me a lot, and my answer is pretty much the same as uh people learn. Different paces, different ways. You know, before I went to school, I bought several books and thought that I could just open these books and read. Okay, click on this, do this, and then boom, you're done. And that's just not how I learn. You know, but the moment I sit down and I watch somebody do something, I can kind of pick up on it. So uh, it, it kind of depends on the individual, but at the end of the day, you're gonna get out of it whatever you put into it. So. At the time that I went to Full Sail, it, for those that aren't familiar, it's a very like accelerated learning environment. So uh, now you get a full four-year degree in like two and a half years or something. I when I was going there, it was only associate's degree. I think I spent thirteen months there or something. But so every month was basically a new semester. So uh, you, you had to jump in, you would learn the basics of like, oh, this is what a polygon is, and then you kind of understand that, and at the end of the month, it's like, now take what you learned and go practice and apply that stuff. So
0: Interesting. Well, very cool. We're excited to have you and your perspective from uh, inside the game industry.
1: Well, Um, last last question. Uh, So, Zach, would you say the people's elbow is the best wrestling move ever, or the (laughs) best wrestling move ever?
2: I would have to agree that it is probably top three best wrestling moves ever. I mean, it's
1: up there. Like Jake, the snake prop wrestlers could always beat the rock, but in terms of like no prop, just with the smile and an elbow, the people's elbow, the best still, wrestling move ever.
2: Still the most electrifying man to ever step in the ring. I yeah. don't disagree guys, but I'll, I'll take <laughs> me a,
0: a stone cold stunner over the people's elbow any day of the week. I'm just saying, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to start a flame war here, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think those two can live in the same environment. <laughs> Uh, all right, guys. Uh, we could talk wrestling all day, but let's get to the uh, official beginning of the show with story of the week. Story of the week. the story of the week. King. Story of the week. the story of the week. Story of the week is the part of the show where we make our case for the most important stories that happened in the world of games this week. You can always submit stories for our consideration using our hashtag on Twitter. That's uh, DLCSOtw, DLC S O T W or by visiting our subreddit at five by five Some great submissions this week. And uh, Zach, as our guest, you get first pick. So what would you consider to be your story of the week this week?
2: Well, uh, I'm going to jump right in with the one that got me the most excited last week. And that has to be far cry primal. Yeah. Um, Seeing, seeing that pop up, it was, it was the game that I've always wanted, but never knew that I wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I think that says it, it says it in a really great way. I, yeah, we, um, as we
0: went live last week, the Ubisoft teaser video was playing live on YouTube streaming, and uh, there was a lot of speculation about what that game was going to be. We weren't quite sure when we, w- we went to air last week, so we didn't talk about it. But we found out that it is, in fact, Far Cry Primal, the uh, the new edition of Far Cry that's set in the Stone Age, and you will be playing as a caveman, for lack of a better term. And uh, you will be hunting all kinds of woolly mammoths and saber-toothed tigers. And there is a, a cool cinematic trailer that shows both of those animals. Um, but it raises a lot of questions about how that Far Cry... Uh, uh, the, uh, template is going to work in a in a stone age environment no guns we're not going to have any any shoot shoots cuz that didn't exist in the stone age this is this is a kind of i think a uh, authentic version of the stone age we're not it's not uh, science fiction in any way so you're not going to have radio towers to open up new areas you're not going to have vehicles uh you're not even going to have currency to buy items like you would in far cry games because currency hadn't been invented so um I love this idea as well, because I think just like I really respect the Assassin's Creed games for finding milieus that are unused, uh, unused milieus, um, (laughs) (laughs) finding new areas where I've never experienced a video game. I love this. I don't think I've ever played a game quite set like this. There's a lot of, you know, fight dinosaur games, but this scene is really unique. Um, Zach, tell me tell me about uh, what you think do you think that Far Cry is going to have to be uh, much changed? Is Are you worried at all about the, uh, the template being altered
2: too much? You know, I I think it's a good thing to alter the template. Um, I'm, I'm a big Far Cry fan. I remember Far Cry coming out on PC long time ago, the first one, and I love that. Uh, I didn't get into Far Cry 2. 3, I played religiously. 4, I enjoyed as well. Uh, but 4 started to kind of trend into the Well, this feels a lot like three, you know, Mm -hmm. I've seen this gun, I've I've done this mission and stuff like that. So when you say that there are no guns in this one, I I think that's exciting. You know, I think it's going to switch the formula up. It's going to be a little slower paced maybe, which is fine. You know, I I think uh, hopefully your life matters out here and, and fighting these things are a challenge and it is not just to the end where you've crafted some, you know, Gatling gun, bow and arrow, and you're mowing down woolly mammoths, right? Like I don't think yeah. we want to. We don't want to play that game.
0: I hope that's not the game. I really do. Yeah. I, I hope they do stick to their guns and make it feel very authentic. Um, I'm very excited about what crafting would be like in this game, where you you really do have to hunt animals and use their bones to make new weapons. That all looks so cool, Christian. What what do you think about Far Cry Primal?
1: I think it's a great place for the series to go. Like Zach said, I mean you're. You, Far Cry 3 I think blew a lot of people away and then Far Cry 4 was I think a better game but it was very much Far Cry 3 so it doesn't impress the same way kind of like Super Mario Galaxy 2 yeah, I, th- I think is the better Mario Galaxy game but after one rocked your world it's like oh this is that but refined um, so hopefully this will be a fresh take I am a little concerned with you know on what your weaponry will be and you're taking down a woolly mammoth or how are you really hunting uh, you know are you climbing towers? I feel like it's still going to be a Far Cry formula. Are you killing other humans? Is there a warring faction? Is there a language? How are you communicating? How are you getting your side quests? Or is the AI going to be better than even Witcher 3 in terms of going on a hunt for this thing? But um, I mean, I'm, I'm interested in the game in a way that Far Cry 5 being set in the swamp but with guns and being the same game as three and four, you know, wouldn't it have gotten me interested. So I feel like it's a it's a good play for Ubisoft to make.
2: Maybe the uh, the the dialogue is their response to the potential voice actor strike. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody can grunt. Yeah, that's right. No, I, it, it's super exciting to to see them kind of stepping out and, and trying something different like that. I'm curious if they're gonna. If it's going to be a full title uh, or if it's going to end up being like a, you know, like a blood dragon type type game or something like that, I'm hoping for a full title. Um, but I think, you know, it is. yeah, yeah. Let, let's hope so. I, I think they will still be staples of the far cry. They're going to have some climb to the top of a cave or something like that type type thing to discover, because I think that's just in Ubisoft's formula and, and it works. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I hope that there, it isn't just substituting in, one thing for another thing, you know. I, I think that they have the ability to be really creative with how that formula works in this setting. I think that you know it could be you could find really cool landmarks. You know, you could and, and things could be really, really different. It's not like oh, there's just a bunch of camps of different caveman tribes. Uh, you know, it, it, I want it to be really unique and really different, and you really feel like you're. Uh, out there in this hostile environment and you have to scavenge to survive. I, I think that that kind of feeling is really cool. And um, and I wonder how much, you know, you brought up Blood Dragon. I wonder how much this was um, sort of empowered by Blood Dragon. It, it showed that people were excited about very different looking and feeling experiences that still, you know, use that cool formula that we like.
2: Yeah, I mean they've they've got all the tools to do whatever they want to do. I mean their teams are massive, but you've got a winning formula. You're, the the games look beautiful. Um, they're they're fun, and uh, different people find different things in them that, that that they want to embrace. I remember talking with a, a friend of mine, and he was talking about you know Far Cry Three, and he said, "Man, I'm I'm forty fifty hours into it," and I was like, "Wow, the campaign's not that long. What, what are you doing?" He's like, "Oh, I haven't played a mission." <laughs> wow. What, what are you doing? He's like, I'm just running around with a bow and arrow shooting things. And he, he said it was the greatest hunting simulator he's ever played. He loved it. So, you know, yeah. that, that's great.
0: That's right. I mean, I, I feel like uh, I have similar experience with Metal Gear Solid 5 you know, that, and, and The Witcher. The Witcher, you know, I'm doing all the side quests so, so much that I feel like the game will never end. It's, the, these mm-hmm. games are so big and fast now, and, and it really does just create worlds for you to hang out in. I think that's cool. Yeah, Christian how about you what's your story of the week
1: there's a lot of good stuff I think we'll get to another big chunk later when we're talking about games that we were playing but I mean, my story of the week has to be that on October 21st Rocket League is getting the DeLorean from Back to the Future 2 as DLC car pack for two bucks two bucks October 21st 2015 Rocket League is getting a Back to the Future DLC car pack that is awesome Where we're playing
0: soccer, we
1: don't need roads. (laughs) It's true, you just need a pitch. You do not need a road. Just a really big pitch that's fenced in so you can go up on the walls. Um, The price point's right. It's the perfect, you know, everybody's doing Back to the Future stuff this year because this is the year they go to in 2015 and Back to the Future too. but it looks great. It's the perfect game to have it. And uh, I will, it's $2. I will be spending $2 on this for sure. I feel like it's a good price point for this type of DLC that easily could have been six, and I probably still would have bought it because I, I love Back to the Future. Um, yeah, it's, it's just great. going to be
0: matches with Back to the Future car versus Back to the Future car with a couple of other Back to the Future cars. Like, is it just going to be a sea of Back to the Future yes. cars? Yes, it, it will should be. be. It
1: should <laughs> be. <laughs> yeah, 100%. And that's A okay. I got the game for free from PS Plus. Uh, I bought a couple of uh, one of the other car packs. What was it called? Tournament? I don't know what it was. It's um, four dollars for what might still be my game of the year. Uh, worth it? You know what I mean? Totally worth it. It's the perfect. I don't know. Yeah, it's great. Watch the trailer.
2: You guys heard it here. Best two dollars you're going to spend this holiday season, right there. <laughs> <laughs> well, better better
1: than uh, what Battlefront's season pass got announced. I think it's fifty dollars. One of my other favorite games of the year, I know you and I kind of went back and forth on Twitter about this, Zach. neither of us disagreeing with one another, but <laughs> Batman is an amazing game. But $40 so far for that season pass, like whether or not you like the content, no one is looking at that going, money well spent, me. <laughs>
2: like, no, no, not at all. And I mean, uh, honestly, like my personal opinion on the whole season pass thing is like the, it just turns my stomach. Uh, I, I get it. I understand why people do it. I understand, you know, the the logistics about with with the way that the you know people trade in their games. They want to keep that disc in your system, and they don't want to get it out of there. But I, I don't think you're going to find a bigger like Arkham fan than myself. Uh, it, it's I've said it before. The you know Arkham Asylum, City, all that stuff is like game of last generation to me. Mm-hmm. Um, when Arkham Knight came out, I was so excited on it, and then I saw the, the season pass, and I almost hit buy, but I didn't. And then every week when they would start to show the new things, I was smiling bigger and bigger and bigger. I was like, well, I'm really glad I didn't waste my money on that. I think this uh, this Rocket League DLC is really
0: the canary in the coal mine for what they should be doing. Like When, when this comes out, and it makes them all the monies, I think they should just Double down, and you should be able to buy the Scooby Van, the, the Transformers uh, Big Rig, Optimus Prime Big Rig, uh, the Batmobile, uh, the Ghostbusters car. I mean, it should just be let's license all the IP in the world, make all the cars you've ever wanted to, to drive put them in this game, and let it be this crazy, like, Lego Dimensions-esque mashup of just cars playing soccer. I think that would be rad. Yeah, 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 please.
1: Please do that. I think people will get expensive and protective with their IP, because someone at Warner Brothers, I'm just picking an example, because they own a lot of those vehicles you were listening. they'd be like, no, we'll just make our own, and we'll call it Batman car league, or, yeah, or whatever yeah. it is, but,
2: <laughs> they, yeah, they, but need they, to, they need to just go ahead and get in cahoots with Funko. Then, since Funko's already got deals with like all of the popular franchises and stuff like that with their pop vinyl figures, and just go whole hog with it. I agree with you, Jeff.
1: Yeah, oh man, I'd be broke, so I'm okay with just uh, Back to the Future.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine that game is already cool, but making it <laughs> making it that game I think is even
2: cooler. you score with the ghost both Ecto one and it's like or
1: whatever. <laughs> oh, you know? yeah.
2: and, and that's the kind of stuff that people will gladly throw money at those those cosmetic things like I mean they're, it, it's basically they have like a League of Legends type mentality at this point they could go completely free stop selling their game, and then just sell every possible skin that you could think of and people would gladly do it because they want, they want to get online and show their friend that they've got, you know, the 18 ban or whatever. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's another one.
1: That leads in I mean, I'll save it for later, but you know, the discussion I would like to have about balance and, and competitive gaming because there are two kind of models where it's or, and, and also supporting the game. It's cosmetic and what keep people coming back versus unlocks and perks. And it's interesting to see games are continuing to do it both ways. No one way has wiped the other off the map, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I can't even begin to tell you how much money I've spent on cosmetics fucking Heroes of the Storm. It's it's gross. How much? <laughs> and they keep coming out with really cool skins, guys. Uh, um, <clears throat> my story of the week this week, uh, I, I'm really on that Far Cry Primal bandwagon as well, but I think um, the other thing I wanted to bring up is this interesting notion that we heard about this week with Call of Duty Black Ops 3, where uh, there was an interview with the with the team at, talking about the single-player campaign mode, and saying that the entire campaign is going to be unlocked at purchase so if you want to play mission five first you can play mission five first you don't have to go through linearly even in the single player campaign and uh it's an interesting perspective that these guys have on why that should be the case they basically said hey you bought the game you should be able to play it uh however you want in whatever order you want and they're citing, you know, Netflix series where you can download the entire uh, any episode, watching any episode in any order, that kind of uh business model really. And uh I'm curious what you guys think about this. It's it's very different from the, you know, for example, racing game model where, you know, you can't you gotta earn those cars. You gotta earn those cars. They're all on the disc, but you gotta earn those cars. Um Zach, you guys are making a, a multiplayer shooter, but but what's your take on having a single-player campaign unlocked at the beginning? Do you think that it removes the carrot from the stick, or do you think this is, this is great because you, you paid for the whole game anyway? Uh, you,
2: you know, when I, when I saw this article pop up today, my first response was like, I, I was just confused. But then when I started reading into it, you see them cite, like, you know, think about Netflix and this stuff. It, it just makes sense. Um... I know that as, as we all get older and have kids and family and you know, life gets in the way that gaming time seems to, you know, go downhill from there. So if I want to pop on there and say, see something online where they're like, this is the coolest mission ever made. I don't want to have to spend six hours to get to it, you know? And and there's going to be people that are are never touched single player. And there'll be people that all they do is buy it for the single player. And then there'll be the ones that want to switch back and forth. And I mean, there's, Honestly, in my opinion, there's no reason not to do this. Hmm. I I I will well, push back on that a little bit because I do feel like
0: this carrot on a stick thing really does propel me through a game. I'm excited to see what's next, and uh, if there's a difficult section or a section that I find frustrating, maybe I would love to be able to skip that and move on, move forward. But maybe I, you know, wouldn't even play it at all if. I didn't have something waiting for me on the other side of it. Um, So in the, in the sense of, you know, the statistics we hear all the time of most players don't even get to the end of games. Maybe this will allow players to dip in and see cool stuff that you made as a designer, you know, later in the game that a lot of uh, your player base wouldn't get to otherwise. But I feel like from a player's perspective, I kind of want to be motivated. I kind of want to be, uh, to have a carrot on a stick that's propelling me through the experience.
2: Um, you know, you know, I don't think, I don't think it's going to change the people like you who want to be motivated to do it because it's not like, like if I want to sit down and play through the entire campaign, I'm going to start on mission one and I'm going to play through the campaign. So I, I don't think it's necessarily going to affect people like that. You may actually see people who abandon it sooner. Maybe I don't know. Maybe they jump in and they just want to know what happens at the very end or something like that. But you know, like I said earlier, I don't think there's really a reason not for them to do this. So yeah, we'll see how it works out.
1: Yeah. What What do you think? I think it's a great option to have. Um, especially for this kind of game where it's so bombastic and you just might be a really cool thing to witness later. I don't think options are ever a bad thing, right? Where you don't have to use this. I understand what you're saying, Jeff. Like, oh, because it's there, maybe I'll be have less of an incentive to really stick through this hard level that I'm on. I mean, Nintendo's kind of, Had a thing like that before where, you know, after you fail on a level, whatever it is, X number of times, you could have them, you know, complete the course for you. And you wouldn't get any unlocks or bonuses from that level by doing that, but you would at least get to progress through the story or, you know, see the next level if you were stuck. I I don't know if this type of thing could work. I mean, you could technically have it, I guess, on any game, but like a game, I'm thinking like Ori and the Blind Forest. If you just jump to that doesn't really have levels, but like the last part of the map of a game like that where you've unlocked new moves and new techniques and you haven't played since the first third of the game, I don't think it would suddenly help you get through this really cool moment because you'd be like, wait, I have an air dash ground slam, bounce wall, pass, I don't know what I'm doing. But, (laughs) you know, Call of Duty I don't think is going to run into those same problems. And Treyarch has always been experimenting with, with new additions to their games when they've been making them, so... Whether it's overwatch mode or whatever, or now having it all unlocked. I think it's a cool thing. And whether or not it will pay off, I don't know. But I would have loved it if it was on Advanced Warfare because I would now finish that game because I had a, a, a corrupt save, uh, mm. you know, bug in the game. And I'm not going to go play the first six levels again. But if I could skip to level seven. I there you go. Would've.
0: There you go. It's a preemptive uh we expect to have a lot of bugs in this game.
2: The <laughs> sure. silver lining, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh Zach, are you are you feeding birds? It sounds like you're uh, uh you're- You guys have to forgive me. My dog has run away outside, so I'm on the oh. phone with you guys, and I'm watching him across the street. So <laughs> I apologize if it's interfering. <laughs>
0: no, it's okay. It's okay. I just wanted to explain to the audience. The, Zach is on a, a, a phone. We had some issues with Skype this morning, so he's uh, on a phone, so um they might hear, hear some some odd noises in the background um i just hope we don't hear a
1: oh god no a car oh god no
0: <laughs> i have just realized there's a mute button on here so <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then we're gonna be like so what do you think zach and then not hear anything um <laughs> that's okay uh christian you wanted to have this uh fps progression co- uh conversation in the context of the next segment yeah not now
1: I, th- I mean, I think it works in terms of we've been playing Battlefront, and it's certainly yeah. there. We can fit it in wherever you think. I will sit back and uh, let you steer the ship as you wish, my good friend.
0: Okay. Um, uh, yeah. Well, let's 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 bring it up now because um, we have all been talking. I mean, we have all been playing Battlefront, and we will be talking about that. In the playlist, but uh, you tweeted out this week, Christian, a um, interesting NeoGaf post that I think, especially in light of having Zach here, I think would be a really interesting discussion. So I'm going to read the post. Um, It's it's a little bit long, but I think it's interesting. This was um,
1: posted by someone whose name I did not write down. Do you you have an Bounce FX, I believe B O U N C H F X on NeoGaf. So
0: he wrote, uh, I've noticed that nearly all multiplayer games these days have tried to fit unlocking weapons and skills into their game as a form of progression. On one hand, I think it's neat to unlock new skills and gameplay mechanics. On the other hand, I think most games are doing it wrong. My beef with this is that in nearly all instances in which it is handled, it comes down to rewarding the player that has spent time in the game with extra power at the expense of balance. For example... Let's say that we're playing Battlefront. Player A has put one to two hours into the game and has unlocked three new weapons plus two new extra survivability skills. The weapons have different stats and values, and in most, if not all the games, there's an imbalance in power between the weapons. Player B is new to the game and has no such advantages. And so, right off the bat, the multiplayer is unbalanced even if we ignore the weapons. Player A still has a shield of whatever extra power is granted to them, in addition to already being more familiar with the game, which grants its own advantages. Adding a carrot just to have a carrot is the wrong way to approach this issue if it comes at the cost of fairness. If the developers want a way to keep people playing and engaged, they could explore more cosmetic options as games are starting to do now as opposed to a difference in power. It's a trend that started last gen, and I think the cons outweigh the benefits, especially considering the same benefits and false sense of progression can be shifted to other things. So, Christian, I'll let you start because uh, you posted this and said uh, it's exactly how you feel. Um, So explain to me uh, your thinking on this.
1: Yeah, so I agree with a lot of this post where I think it was a really cool, fresh take when call of duty 4 came out modern warfare and you had these unlocks and these perks and you know your guns got better and it gave you this incentive to keep playing and you got the or whatever the sound effect was and you're like i'm doing it but as more and more games have gone to this and shifted away from halo where you know you start with the same loadout original halo and everybody runs to get the rocket launcher that spawns on the same point on the map or whatever i i find myself now really not enjoying this playing longer makes you better guns type of balance. And a lot of people in this gaff thread were saying, well, Call of Duty, if you're a pro-level player or a good, competent player, you do just fine with your default loadout. The other stuff maybe gives you some advantages, but it's not as if you don't stand a chance. That might be true, but I feel like any advantage is too much when you're playing against other people and it's a competitive game. It'd, It'd be as if I played Ryu more and more and more in Street Fighter four, 5, I guess in the new one we'll say, and all of a sudden my fireball now has 20% more damage. You know, I think that would just ruin the fighting game tournament and, and um, competitive play. But yet in first person shooters, for so long now, it's become expected that this is the thing that you do. And it's not even necessarily skill, because even if you're bad at the game, if you know, you get some experience. So if you just play for forever, you get better. So in Battlefront, which we can talk about more later. You know, in the beta, I think it was you could uh, level up to level five, but the, you get a grenade as a level up, you get a shield as a level up, you get a jetpack as a level up. And if you don't have the jetpack or grenades and you go into a skirmish with people that have a shield, a jetpack, and a grenade, you're losing that skirmish <laughs> between two competent players. And it makes it hard then to, you know, go in and play a game and really love it, but then, you know, let's say you get Call of Duty and you love it, but then. Um, the release date might be wrong here, but then Battlefront comes out and you want to play that for two months. And then you go back to Call of Duty, a game you love, but by then everyone that is really playing the game has better weapons than you and better familiarity with the map. It just isn't fun for me to go in and get killed a whole bunch before I'm able to slowly (laughs) eke out the gear that everyone else already has. And um, it just makes it frustrating. I'm curious, uh, Jeff or Zach, if you guys enjoy this multiplayer progression for you know pvp type playing or if you're kind of on my side of the fence or this neogaf poster where there's maybe a better way
0: well zach you're you're dealing with this right now you guys are making a free-to-play first-person shooter so i'm i'm sure that a lot of this discussion has happened uh in creation of your game no
2: yeah it, it happens all the time and even uh even before that just in general discussion with with amongst friends and stuff like that uh, my personal opinion, I kind of I, I lean towards Christian side on this. Um, I, I can remember going back to modern Warfare One and getting so excited, you know the same example that you gave. Oh, new gun, new scope, all this stuff. And it's great, but to me, I feel like is just personal opinion on this that uh, the, that sense of vertical progression is much better suited for a single player game. Because, I mean, in the single player thing, you want to feel like, first off, you want to start off somewhat powerful. Uh, but you want that sense of progression to where you're always getting more and always getting more and you're building up to this big finale. But uh, when you get into that, that multiplayer realm, the PvP, I feel like some sense of uh, like horizontal progression is, is a better fit. And for those that might not be familiar, that's kind of like laying everything out on the table there and saying, like, this is all the stuff that you're ever going to have. You can use it from the beginning and then as you progress through the game, we'll give you different versions of it. And you can swap it out so that you might have you might have the gun that does, you know, twenty damage or whatever. But now you've got the gun that does ten damage and it fires in burst. And maybe that fits in your your play style better or whatever. So it's yeah. kind of like throwing the pieces on the table and just mixing them up and letting people kind of mix and match how they see fit. But uh, yeah, yeah, I tend to agree. I played some of the, the uh Black Ops three beta and I just got completely owned immediately. <laughs> and 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 that's kind of my feeling in general with some of these games and, and like you guys said, we'll talk about Battlefront a little bit, is that maybe I'm just getting old, but I'm out of it. It it I spend more time uh in the respawn screen than I do actually playing. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, that's me as well. I mean, I guess the counterpoint to,
0: to what you guys are saying is that I know that if I put in a bunch of hours and effort and I'm, you know, I'm grinding toward unlocking this cool new gun and then the gun unlocks and then I find, oh, I, I kind of prefer the one I'd been using this whole time to that new gun because it doesn't really give me any advantage. Mm. I find that to be a kind of a
1: souring feeling as well. So what if the unlock is, you know, back to the future skin? car you know what i mean like yeah. that type of thing or a, a or rocket suit. league like have yeah. call of duty unlock rocket league dlc well,
2: I, I i get your point for sure jeff because like i remember playing games like uh, like rpgs games where you kick open a loot crate and it's like what am i gonna get and then everything pops up and it's all negatives and red and it's like why, <laughs> right why right. do i care about playing this game if nine times out of ten i'm getting a bunch of crap that i can't use you know right yeah exactly I think it
1: just requires thinking a little differently, you know, like in Destiny. Uh, what if you unlocked emotes going forward? And, and so you unlocked other little cool things that still let people know that you were hardcore at this game and awesome at it or whatever. Like, what if you could unlock a gold gun or, you know, an invisible gun? So your character's still there. It doesn't make your character hard to see, but it looks like you're holding, you know, a predator outline type gun. Like, really cool stuff, but it doesn't give you, uh, An advantage over anyone else i think something like that would be just as rewarding to see people doing or like when halo had the flaming skulls but it was only for bungee devs uh before other people could unlock it
2: you know what i think is really cool uh not to cut you off christian but i don't know if you guys saw with the uh oh what's it called uh they're doing it in black ops 3 i think it's in their competitive thing where you basically get a veto and a save uh have you guys seen that what is it about so they they have this mode in their competitive uh competitions to where basically it's 5v5 and then when they go to start the match everybody gets one vote and you can either vote to uh ban a weapon or vote to save Mm -hmm. something so you you only you can't do both so i could jump in and say you know what these guys are gonna wreck us with the m4 so i'm gonna ban that immediately And then a guy on the other team might say, I only use the M4, so I'm going to save it. Then people could just battle the entire way over trying to save that one weapon, or they can be kind of smart about it and say, I'm going to ban this weapon and this specialist or whatever. I think it's kind of an interesting thing because then you start to, to see what people don't like and what people do like. It
0: kind of, it's kind of bringing the draft mechanic from a MOBA into that space. That's sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like that idea. I think that's, that's pretty cool. Um, so, what are you guys doing with Lawbreakers? Is it is it mostly cosmetic stuff uh, that you're unlocking as you go through? I mean, I imagine since you're free to play, a lot of that. What can
1: you stuff say is- that you're doing with Lawbreakers?
2: <laughs> you know, right right now, we're not really talking about too much of, of what we're planning on doing down the road. Uh, I know that. We're very big on, uh, if you've seen anything that we talk about, our game that we're trying to go for is more of a dance uh, than a sprint. So we're trying to create this this combat dance to where people don't feel like they're getting that, you know, I spawned in and I spent all my time in the death screen type stuff. Um, we're, we're definitely going to be looking into in, into the long-term type stuff for sure. But at this point, I can't really say too much about it. Uh, I, you know, Lawbreakers is a great title, but I think... I think you guys should
0: have gone with combat dance. I think combat that been, Dance
2: uh, that would have been that's a uh, instant million seller right there. That's uh, that's, that's and then we could put bad. it in the arcades with the old DDR mats. <laughs> there you go. Done. Welcome to combat dance. <laughs>
0: that's great. Um, all right, guys, let me uh, let me take a second and thank our sponsor Squarespace. Oh, man, boy, do I love Squarespace. I've been using them for years for my personal website, Jeff Built on Squarespace, housed on Squarespace, never goes down, is reliable, and it was so easy to build, so easy to maintain. Squarespace really is a place to create any kind of web presence beautifully, elegantly, and quickly. They have uh, tons of templates for use. Everything is what you see is what you get, drag-and-drop style uh, creation of a website. So you can create something beautiful, really quickly, and you don't have to have any programming skills, any HTML skills. It's great. So regardless of your uh, coding experience, you can create something that people will like, and the tools are so easy to use. Plus, tons of people, myself included, but big, huge brands use Squarespace because they have technology powering their site that keeps it stable, keeps it secure. It's trusted by millions of people. And it's inexpensive. Uh, it starts at only eight bucks a month. And if you sign up for a year, you get a free domain name with that. So you have everything you might need. Even if you're selling something, you have a, a plug and play widget that gives you a storefront, comes with every website. So easy. Plus, we're going to give you 10% off your first purchase if you use our promo code. All you got to do is go to squarespace.com slash DLC and then use the promo code Jeff Sent Me, J E F F S E N T M E, Jeff Sent Me, all one word. And you'll get 10% off. It's great. So I recommend this to my friends all the time. Anybody that says, I need a website. What do I do? I go Squarespace. It's so easy. They have support. <laughs> it's, it's so easy. Why are you laughing?
1: It's so I want that as a, it's <laughs> so, so easy.
0: <laughs> what are you, some kind of idiot? Just go to Squarespace. Uh, and then use the promo code Jeff sent me, squarespace.com slash DLC to get 10% off. Um. All right, dudes. Um. Since we do have tons of cool games to talk about, let's jump right now to the playlist. Zach. Uh. Well, let's. All of us have been playing. Uh. Battlefront, the uh, Star Wars Battlefront beta. Uh. Zach, what system have you been playing it on?
2: Uh, PS4, I did a little bit of the alpha on PC as well.
0: Yeah, I, I played it, uh, Christian and I both played it on PS4. I downloaded it on PC also uh, just I wanted to see it on the ultra ultra settings. Mm-hmm. Whoa, this is a gorgeous game.
2: <laughs> uh, what, what, are your, what are your impressions of the, of the beta? Oh man, the first and foremost, those guys, Frostbite Engine, DICE, they're doing it right, man. It's probably the most gorgeous game I've ever seen uh it, it's definitely pushing ps4 to its breaking point i would assume um but you know it it still has that battlefield roots so if you're a battlefield fan you'll you'll jump right in if you're a star wars fan you could probably jump right in and just be mystified by all the cool star wars stuff out there um i don't know personally long term if it's going to hold my attention but i'm having a, a pretty good time with it right now
0: yeah, I want to dig into that a little bit, but but before we do, I, I want to heap some more praise on... The visuals and the Star Warsiness of it—it's uh, so Star Warsy. It's like the most Star Warsy <laughs> video game, Star Wars video game ever. And I think it's the little details. You know, they made a big deal when they announced the game about how you know they had access to all the props and they got to scan everything. And you know, you get that, and it's like, oh, that's that's very cool. And I think that probably does make a difference. But that's not even the difference. And I think I want to talk to you about this specifically because. For me, the animations in this game, like the stormtroopers, when you shoot them, they fall like dudes in suits in a movie <laughs> fall. They don't, you know, they they fall like a bad actor is, is, yes. is yes, you know, and the they, explosions look like someone set off a actual like sparks on a on a miniature. You know, it, it looks like the movie.
2: They they nailed the tone one hundred percent. I actually have a really good friend of mine who's an animator over there and his primary role was all the third person deaths and flinches and, and hit reactions and stuff like that. So when he told me that he told me that after I'd been playing it and uh, I had already said to some guys that work with, I was like their third person hit reactions and all that stuff is just incredible. It, it, it's really good. The, the thematically feels like a cheesy sci-fi you know, movie guys in suits, just like you described it. But not only that, it, it tells it tells you what's going on. You can tell when you're hitting somebody. You can tell where you're hitting them and and, and stuff like that. So the game design is supported through the visuals too, which is great. Yeah. Um, Christian,
0: let's give your first impressions on on Battlefront
1: Yeah, it is, uh, I think this is the game that you show your old college friend who maybe got out of gaming, you know, whatever ago and like, oh, should I jump in? You invite them over for this, you show them this game and they run out and buy an Xbox or PS4 when they see it, whether or not, again, they stick with it and play it I mean, I think this game sells this current gen of consoles because Star Wars is this behemoth of an IP and while I love Disney Infinity 3.0, I mean, this, this is Star Wars. And I think it's helped by the fact that there hasn't been a battlefront in a few years. So it's not as if we're seeing, oh, this is just the up version of the PS3 version. Like We haven't seen this in so long. And to have it come out and be on the frostbite and look incredible, um, my wife walked by when I was playing the beta and she, and she straight up said, is this the new Star Wars? She didn't mean game. You know what I mean? Like She thought, I'm sitting there watching a trailer for episode seven. And, and I said, no, no, this is a game. And she just then said, oh, because she wasn't interested in watching me play a game. <laughs> That's not the point. That's not the point.
0: But it is. She and She walked it, but, back into the room carrying her beach equipment, <laughs> wishing that you would go to the beach with her. And I was like, one more, <laughs> one
1: more game. Room. It's not even dudes in suits falling. It's dudes in stormtrooper suits falling as they fell in episodes four, five, and six. I mean, that all of that stuff, it is is just nailed nailed so well? Um, it really is. I think this is a game that will sell systems just on on sound and looks alone, and then people will realize, oh, I suck at first person shooters, and maybe I shouldn't play played anymore. But every time they have a friend come over, they'll fire it back up to show their friend and go, dude, look at this.
2: <laughs> I, yeah, and I play in third person. It's so beautiful. I play in third person, and I actually find out that I, I did a lot better when I played in third than first. So,
0: Uh, Yeah, having it on the ultra settings on the PC, it does look nicer, but not a lot nicer. I think the PS4, I haven't looked at it uh, on Xbox One, but the PS4 looks great. It's silky smooth. And if they can maintain that in the final release, I think that's very impressive. I I did a great job. Um, But I I do want to dig in a little to what you said, Zach, about staying power. Now, obviously the beta, which by the way, why can't we just go back to using the word demo? It's a demo. It's not a beta. <laughs> anyway, um, that's neither here nor there. But uh, the the uh, the beta is <laughs> it has very few things you can do in it. There's only a few different modes and a lot of stuff that says not available in the beta. Um, so, I mean, I understand there's not tons to do there. But do you think, just based on what you imagine the game to have, do you do you think that you're going to run dry of this pretty quickly?
2: Uh, you know, I think first off, I think the reason they keep it to so many small things in there is, is just so that they can kind of manage it. Their servers are probably getting hit with so much information. Uh, I mean, I noticed right off the bat that there were a lot of times to where I died and the person that was shooting me died. And to me, that's, that's server issues right off the bat that it's just pretty much saying, I don't know what to do. So let's kill both <laughs> of them and they'll both be happy. Like uh, God sorted out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But but longevity, like uh it 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 has a lot of the grounds of Battlefield. And I mean I think Battlefield is a great game. It's not a game that I'm gonna continue playing or, or for long periods of time because it's just not for me. Um so I think jumping in, I'm gonna enjoy it. I'm gonna love the Star Wars right off the bat. But by the time I've played through all of the maps that hopefully they ship with, which would span hopefully all of the movies and and, and some of the new stuff in seven. Uh, but by the time I experience all that and I kind of see what's all there. I don't know if it's going to be like if I was a competitive shooter player, if it would be the one that would keep me playing. Right. Yeah, so, yeah I, no- I, I feel like I, I, I get sniped constantly. It feels like everything is is getting pixel snipe from across the map. So that, that can, maybe I'm just playing wrong. I don't
0: know. Uh, will Q in the chat says, this is another Titanfall evolve, um, microwave era game hot for 15 minutes. Then onto the next, even the star Wars skin won't give it staying power.
1: But um, battlefield had staying power. Battlefield staying power is the reason that battlefront is a thing. Right, but I mean, don't, that's don't you
0: think, very true. Don't you think that this game is aimed at a completely different market, though? This is, I feel like this is much more aimed at people who never played that because it was too hardcore. This is for a, a Star Wars
1: audience, I think that well, is more casual think, by definition. Maybe was the first Battlefront that? I mean, maybe because it's expanded IP, but I would probably argue that eighty, if not more, eighty percent of Battlefield players are also fans of Star Wars. Because I would argue. Eighty percent of people are fans of Star Wars.
2: <laughs> I mean, I don't think. Yeah, yeah th- that's fair, but I, I do. I do tend to agree with Jeff that, like, uh, I think they've, for lack of a better term, dumbed it down a little bit to make it more accessible to a core or to a broader audience. Um if you compare it to like a Battlefield game, you know, it takes a few more bullets to kill somebody, you know, and I joke about dying constantly and I do, but I'm I'm definitely not dying as much as I was when I tried to play Battlefield Hardline or or something like that. So
1: I just
0: yeah, want to yeah, say I was that dying
2: constantly too.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> I play very movie authentic when I play as a stormtrooper and most of my shots miss and that's why That's They did announce three new modes today. I don't know if you guys saw these. Hero Hunt, Droid Run, and Cargo. Uh, Monday morning they announced those. And I think things like Hero Hunt are what keep me coming back. Or like Jeff, we know we played the co-op, basically Horde mode, survived the thing, and on the in the beta, it was too easy. But I think harder difficulty, things like that will keep me interested in coming back. Hero Hunt is 1v7 where one person is Darth or Boba Fett or whatever, and then it's like 7 just regular rebels trying to take down this overpowered person. So it has evolved as one of the modes of this game. So I think to call this game Evolve or Titanfall, I think it's bigger than that. And I think the brand I think the brand will keep people coming back more. I mean Titanfall I think is a beautiful world that i would love to know more about and so it's frustrating to only have this multiplayer game that only scratched the surface of this really cool thing
2: mm-hmm.
1: star wars is this really cool thing i already know everything all about so i'm not itching to like oh if only there was a backstory for this darth character he's a badass well, <laughs> but
0: the other direction works too it, it, because i am so familiar And because the game looks so great and feels like Star Wars, all I want to do is play a campaign mode in this universe. Like, give me, give me a story mode. I'm definitely excited about the uh, the survive the horde mode, sort of waves of enemies thing. We had a blast playing that. I'm just not the guy that's going to hop in and play multiplayer round after round. You know, going. Two and twelve, like I did in our
1: <laughs> session. Um, Which is you know, archived it's not, on your Twitch
0: channel if people want to see it. <laughs> yeah, you know, if you want to see me be pathetic and just kind of run around like an idiot, uh, Mid- going look how pretty this game. Oh, I'm dead.
1: Mid match. Oh, wow, look at the storm. T- oh, I'm dead. Mid match. Um, Jeff says I got a five kill streak going. End of match. Two kills. <laughs>
0: It, it like told me I had a, it said, welcome. it gave me like an achievement for five kills, but I think it was like five total kills over all the matches I had played. <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I think, I think the thing is that it's, it's going to sell like gangbusters. It's, it's a good game. It's a really good game. Uh, battlefield people will buy it. Star Wars people will buy it. So, I mean, at the end of the day, maybe it doesn't have to hold your attention much longer than through the winter. You know, yeah. until I mean, it couldn't have better timing right now with uh, with episode seven coming up, uh, so it, I just
0: hope there's some group of people somewhere that just took this engine, took all the assets, and
2: were working on a campaign mode. like just well they I they've mean, talked about it recently, yeah, Amy Henning at uh, where are they at? Uh, visceral. This world yeah. games uh, that EA studio is supposed to be doing like a big campaign or, or, or something, N- not necessarily for this game, but you know right. you'll get your story from that.
0: Uh, so what else is on your your playlist, um, Zach? What do you what else you've been playing?
2: Uh, you know I haven't. Uh, I feel like the world's worst game developer to have on the show right now <laughs> because I haven't been playing a ton of stuff that's that's kind of up to date right now. Uh, I've been that's playing. A ton of silly stuff with my daughter, like uh, Animal Crossing on her DS. She's six, and I'm trying to get her into games. And, and slowly but surely, every every meal that we cook in Cooking Mama, she's getting more and more into games. So. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> I love it. So tell me about the experience of introducing her to Animal Crossing. Is, is she into like leaving notes for you and stuff? Or how's that going? Uh,
2: you know, so I do not play Animal Crossing. Never played Animal Crossing. Never cared about Animal Crossing. Uh, but my boss, uh, the wonderful cliff was wife, uh, Leet Lauren, if you guys are familiar with her, mm-hmm. I was talking to her one day and she was asking what my daughter was playing. And I, and I said, you know, she's not really playing a whole lot, but I want to get her in that. She said, pick up animal crossing and see what she thinks. So I went on the way home, bought it, threw it in the DS. My daughter went from like not knowing how to use an analog stick to running all over the place. And, you know, we were catching fish and bugs and, and things like that. And, you know what? The game is so damn simple. It's so simple, but yet it is such a joy to just keep doing the same things over and over. Like those guys, uh, they did it right. So she, she loves it. She, she cried the other day cause she dropped her DS and the cart popped out and she hadn't ah. saved yet. So like ah. uh, that, That was a meltdown because... So now she's a gamer. Yeah, 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 that's a lesson
0: that you should learn young, I think. Save often.
2: Exactly. She's like, my ladybug, I didn't save. (laughs) But outside of that stuff, you know, I've been playing... I I tried to 100% Arkham Knight, which I failed horribly at, at... Getting past the Riddler stuff at about halfway through. But, walk uh, away.
1: You've got a life to live, Zach. I know. Enjoy I know. It and then walk away. I'm at 90, uh, 94, 92, and it's like, done. I'm done. I can't do I, it.
2: I basically did everything, captured all the criminals, main campaign. The only things I didn't do were the super repetitive disarm the bomb in the ground thing uh, with your car, and then yeah. the like towers, because yeah. those were just super repetitive. And then once I got. No spoilers, but once I made it through like saving Catwoman with Riddler, I stopped at that point. So yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, Riddler has of, a lot of free time on his hands, and a lot and, and, and tunnel digging machinery. And he's, he's uh,
2: got—I don't understand why he cares about killing Batman because he's got apparently he's got a ton of money. He should just go buy an island and retire.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, that's a, yeah. Good
1: uh, um, what's your what's been your Mario Maker experience? We haven't really dove in too heavy into that uh, game on this show, unfortunately.
2: You know, I, I my wife asked why I was buying this game, and I looked at her strangely, uh, and I just mentioned to her, I was like, "This is the game that if I was twelve years old, I would have never left my room. I would have spent the entire summer, winter, you know, whatever, in there." So th- I I wanted this game forever um i'm loving it it's it's a blast to play um it's it's a little hit or miss playing some people's levels because what i'm looking for is people like i've made a few levels and i'll have to send them to you guys can check them out or whatever but what i've tried to do is make a level that i would assume would be in a mario game you know it has a little flow it teaches you 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 learn and then you 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 win most people online are making like super meat boy death traps and stuff like that and like (laughs) it's just insane it's insane the amount of time they have to spend to do that is just ridiculous did you guys see
0: this uh i i I saw this story about what is supposedly the hardest super mario maker level created so far it's called pit of panga pee break (laughs) and uh this dude um you should watch the video search for it it's the the level is ridiculous it took him five hours to make it and nine hours to finish it to, to <laughs> complete it. Like it took him nine hours to beat his own level just to be able to upload it. And uh, it's the the things you have to do with like throwing a, a turtle shell and catching it in midair and then jumping off a thing and timing it all perfectly. It is diabolical. It's unreal. The things that people are coming up with with this game.
1: If you're My listening, needs to get
2: a job
1: yeah for (laughs) nintendo (laughs) if you're listening live and i don't know how much soon after that when it when it goes up but uh patrick klepek and um dan reichert have a challenge going where dan makes really hard levels and patrick's been taking them all down so they had a challenge uh what they ended up putting up i think it was a a gofundme or indiegogo where you know if if uh patrick beats the level Dan has to donate to a charity of Patrick's choosing, and vice versa. And it's a really cool thing of like making this competition. He's it's going on right now. Patrick has not really gotten close to <laughs> beating this monster of a level, but the all proceeds, yeah, all proceeds are going to charity, and it's uh, it's really cool. It's, it's something like this that if only Nintendo could even make it easier for people to do this kind of thing but <laughs>
2: yeah. i'm curious i'm curious to see you know they they announced a while back that it sold over a million copies i would assume it's just going to keep selling uh, especially into the holiday season i'm curious if it's going to open a door for them to do anything like this in the future like if they're going to see that people really love it i mean i know mario levels are are the basics of it like trying to make a super metroid maker or something like that would be pretty insane uh you know the amount of time that you'd have to spend playing that to see if it's any good so maybe maybe this is the sweet spot but i hope hopefully they continue adding more tiles and things like that because there's still some stuff that i want to be able to do that i just can't figure out how to do it yet yeah Yeah. I, i was at the i was in new york this week and went to the
0: uh nintendo world for the first time uh and uh and finally picked up uh finally got mario maker and i'm excited to dive in it's interesting how people are using it that way it's like i'm throwing down a gauntlet i'm throwing down a challenge i'm making hard hard mario levels uh i'm much more interested in like just creative ideas and and strange Mm -hmm. you know expression but uh but
1: it's cool that (laughs) strange what a strange expression as a you're you're the jackson
2: the jackson pollock of mario (laughs) there you go yeah Yeah.
1: <laughs> Jeff finishes a level and realizes that existence is meaningless. And he's like, whoa.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if, only, if, only, if only I had known beforehand. I, th- I think you'll enjoy it. The cool thing with it is that it, it's the best use to me of the Wii U controller and not having to have the game broadcast on your TV because you yeah. can do everything just in the controller. So I can. Flop down on the couch, watch a little Law and Order SVU while I'm designing some underwater <laughs> trap or something like that. You know, yeah. So it, it, it's really cool. And then my wife doesn't complain because the TV's taking over and all that. <laughs> I love it. So you're discovering
0: that life is meaningless while SVU is on. So that's, that's <laughs> synergy there.
2: It, it, it's it's uh, the gift and the curse of the SVU. <laughs> awesome,
0: um, Christian. How about you? What's on What's on your playlist?
1: uh transformers devastation will be the next game uh, to talk about i guess Ooh, it is a gen one multi-platform playstation 4 xbox one release made by platinum games published by activision uh which if you listened before you know my love-hate relationship with activision and tony hawk's Pro Skater 5 Ugh. um it's so bad uh transformers devastation in a nutshell is one of the best games made on what was clearly a tight budget to ever come out. Like, this is what Tony Hawk should have been, where clearly Activision did not give them the Destiny monies to make a big game. And I also think it shows that you can, you're can you pretty safe giving your IP to Platinum Games, and they will make you a very awesome Platinum Games game. You say that like
0: it's a bad thing.
1: No, I don't. I'm just saying that you're going to get what you're going to get. Transformers Devastation... Is Bayonetta Light? It's not quite as complex. I don't think it's quite as satisfying. It has that sounds like an awesome thing. It Bayonetta is Bayonetta Light. It, 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 that's what I'm saying. This game, in you know, if I were to put a dollar price on it, unless you're a huge Gen One Transformers fan, I don't think it's worth sixty dollars. But if you are a huge Gen One Transformers game, this game is way better than anything you've ever deserved. Like it is, it's incredible. It nails the sounds, kind of like we're talking about Star Wars. It looks better than the cartoon. Ever look the character models are incredible you can transform anytime you want uh, when you take damage it has a cool like static sound effect that you know you go into when you zoom in on your gun it has a nice overlay the original voice actors um, you get to beat up Megatron early and often uh, it's satisfying destructogons are in there all of the Grimlock he's so great um, I have an archive of early level play of this on, on my Twitch channel as well when I first sat down with it and um, it's it's a really, really, really cool, fun game, and if you like action games like Bayonetta, you're going to really enjoy this game. I could nitpick it to death and say that for me, I'd probably buy it at thirty five, forty dollars, you know, versus full retail. Um, but it's it's a surprisingly good game for an IP uh that has not had a good Gen 1 Transformers game ever, I think.
0: It's like mm-hmm. stepping into a dimension that I wish was the real dimension where the Michael Bay Transformers never existed, and my youth just, you know,
2: evolved naturally into this. <laughs> can, the, the question I have is: Can we have more games that look like this, please? Yeah, right. Like, like, I, I, you know, realistic looking games are great, but, but, you know, hopefully with like you know, digital games becoming more popular and indie games taking off, and people realizing there's this whole amazing world outside of you know AAA big box games. People start pushing more and more of these envelopes and I I know from a developer standpoint sometimes that's a hard sell to the guy that's got the wallet full of money and he wants the next Call of Duty but if we could get more games that look like this like it's beautiful in its own way right it's a direct contrast from Battlefront as far as what they're doing visually but they're both just gorgeous games.
1: Well, I think they both fit the IPs so well. Like, I wouldn't want. I mean, actually, I, I wouldn't mind a Star Wars that looked like this, <laughs> uh, sure, like Transformers,
0: sure. but, like Star Wars Rebels or something.
1: Yeah, well, that's kind of Disney Infinity. Uh, I think has a yeah, really great art yeah. style. But yeah, Transformers in terms of using that Gen One IP, I love that they went this. You know, whatever you want to call it, cell shaded route versus you know gritty realistic. You can see the damage on Optimus's, you know, yeah. chest plate or whatever. Yeah, I agree with you, Zach. Like more games. Great art style and art direction can go such a long way. Like nitpicking the game, the graphics, you can see that yes, they had a limited budget. They're reusing um, background, like building, anim- not animations, building uh, assets. assets. Yeah, to build out the levels and stuff like that. But still, there's also a few weird difficulty spikes I've come across where I say this is Bayonetta Light. You know, it's not as complex as that. And I was in the stream, I'm like, oh yeah, this game is super easy. I'm playing, I think I was on not hard, but whatever that next one up is and I'm kind of chugging along and then I hit a boss and I was just like son of a, son of a bitch uh,
0: <laughs> how cool is it that the actual uh, voice, voice cast is there
1: it's great and that, they do, that's super cool they do a great job and they also kind of knowingly wink at some of their stuff like I know Starscream has always been a whiner but I feel like here he's really laying it on, like this is what you wanted, and you're like, it is, but you can stop now. <laughs> <laughs> it's really, really fun, really well done.
2: Um, maybe, and, maybe somebody will toss Platinum Games the GI Joe IP and a lot more money. God. So we can only oh, hope. My God,
1: just let That'd them
0: let, let them make all the you know Thundercats. Get, yeah. give them a Smurfs game. Let's let's go <laughs> crazy.
1: I'll give them more original IPs too, because Bayonetta two. Uh, incredible, incredible game. They, they do really well. It, it, you'll get this type of game, you know, like this type of action heavy yeah. attack, light attack, combo, no block, but dodge roll, slow down and t- time your dodge just right, go into a sick combo, unleash something huge. Um, game. But that's a great game that no one else seems to be able to make anywhere near as good. When, as, when, they,
2: um, when they make games, they, they do it. They, they're always great. I mean, they're, they're up there with uh, like Ninja Theory. Yeah. Uh, and that that's one of my favorite developers. Their games come out and they just have this, you can tell it was made by them and it's just got a nice Christmas to it. Crispness, excuse me, not Christmas. Uh, <laughs> to it. And, and they just feel really good. DMC was one of my favorite games last generation. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then quickly, uh, the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection, still one of the worst names for a collection ever because Nathan Drake's been in every Uncharted game so far. But. Uh, Blue Point Games handled these ports, they knocked it out of the park. The games hold up for 60 bucks. You know, you get three of my favorite games from last gen. Uh, It's easy for me to recommend this collection. I wish that there were some unlocks that weren't there before, like digital soundtracks or making of type thing. But, um, so far, my experience with all the games are the 60 frames per second, the you know, sharper resolution, Uncharted One, what an eight. 10-year-old game, it holds up. Like It won't blow anyone away graphically the way Battlefront will or Uncharted 4 looks to or Halo 5. Um, But uh, I'm really, really enjoying my time. I have some of that on my Twitch as well, which is just my name, Christian Spicer, if you want to see some of that. Uh, I love those games, so it's no surprise that I love the better, prettier version of those games. (laughs) Yeah, I'm so tempted by that collection. I might just have to borrow it from you.
2: Yeah, I kind of just want to fast-forward in and play Uncharted 2. You can you totally <laughs> no, can. You can. You can great. That's yeah. You can hear. pick that's any of the
1: any of the games, and I fully plan on playing all of them until I get to the spoilers. um You know, non-human parts, and then I yep. move on. You just because, stop. Yep.
2: You yeah. just you just forget forget that that part existed. Also, they're, they're they're beautiful games. The only thing that's that's a little weird to me is the sixty frames, like super smooth cinematics that they have. It, it has that weird feel to it of like, you know, when you, you, you turn on your HDTV and you go to the options and you turn on like ultra motion smoothing <laughs> yeah. to where if you feel like you took peyote and you're like sitting on your couch and you have no <laughs> clue if this is outside your window or on your television, like it, it's got that weird feel to it. But that that aside, they, those guys knocked out of the park. It's beautiful as well.
1: Yeah, I think that, you know, Uncharted 4, or you know, some other future Naughty Dog game necessarily won't have that problem. I feel like it's because they were, the assets, it's 60 frames, but without motion blur or some of the things that you would maybe yeah. add to alleviate that. Um, where it does, it looks very pretty, but very, not soapy, but yes, that,
2: it's it's very smooth. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. It, it looks like so, a soap opera. Like, I get, you can go with that.
1: And if you haven't played these games and you are intrigued and you want to catch up on the story, play them on easy. There is no shame in playing these games on easy. Uncharted 3 especially has a few too many enemy closets where if you're playing on hard, um, in my opinion, it can be not fun. There is no shame in playing these games on easy. I would argue most people would enjoy them more that way. Looks like
0: Dap today in our chat said he's never played any
1: of the Uncharted games. I,
0: I. This is, it's true. These are some of the best games yeah. of that generation and they deserve, just the story alone is so fun. There's so many wonderful swashbuckling adventure sequences. It's it's really worth playing.
2: Yeah. And you Naughty Naughty Dog brings so many people. Yeah, Naughty Dog brings quality to the table. You, you, I, I would almost challenge somebody to play this and not enjoy it. Uh, I, I, would, I would like to have that conversation. That might be an entire podcast on that. So, <laughs> uh, I, I will public confession. I play every game on easy, so. There oh, really? You go. Sure. Yeah. I, yep. I agree. Yeah. I, I agree
0: that there's no shame in it. I have a hard time starting a game not on normal just because, especially the phrasing, if it's normal, I, I feel like we need to just switch that out for medium or something because normal means me go, well, well, if I'm going to be giving my opinion about this game, I want to know what they consider to be normal.
2: But on normal. Halo, that's not normal. Right. It's heroic, which is also yeah. weird. Yeah. 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 No, I I just, I I want the experience. I don't want to get jammed up. And if at some point I feel like, wow, this is too easy, I might bump it up. But the last thing I want to do is throw my controller. You know, I'm not Billy Mitchell trying to beat (laughs) Pac-Man or Donkey (laughs) Kong World Record, right? Right, right. Um, Well,
0: I have been playing, in addition to the Battlefront beta and my usual Heroes of the Storm dailies, uh i'm back with rock band i'm uh, rock listening band <laughs> hey uh do you remember how much fun it was to like play a plastic guitar and listen to really cool music that you enjoy and you remember that it was it was like just a few years ago we were all doing that remember that hmm,
1: yep. me, uh yes i really <laughs> yeah. love the, the keyboard
0: no well, no that wasn't that, <laughs> fun. that oh, was boo. Fun. The drums are really fun and the,
1: and the guitar is
0: really fun and singing's pretty fun uh Guess what, guys? It's it's still really fun. It's still fun to do that. Um Rock Band 4 is, is great. I mean, it, it's awesome that you can't any songs that you bought, if you buy it on the, you know, on the the family platform, if you're a, a PS4 or a PS3 person, if you buy the PS4, you still get all those songs. And same with Xbox. That's awesome. Um the game itself, they it seems like they went Hey, you know what people really liked? They liked getting together and playing music. Let's just do that. Let's just get rid of all that extra junk that we put into the game, like building your band and making your logos and all that stuff that we used to let people do. Let's just get rid of all that and just let people get together and play music and enjoy music. And I can't really fault them for that. I mean, the um,
1: so is there no career?
0: There is. There is a career mode, and it has this weird sort of like choose your own adventure thing to it where every couple of uh, gigs you play you get to make this choice like the first one is um, do you want to hire a manager or do you want to get a touring van? And, van. Uh, yeah, that's what I did. I went van. <laughs> Screw managers. Uh, that's right. But uh, if you get the manager, you make more money and if you get the van, you earn more fans. And it also sort of affects what songs will come up in your playlists down the road. Uh, So it's cool. And there's like a few different branching pathways like that, where it's like, well, you you can earn more of this or earn more of that with the power up, but you can't do both. And, and that's interesting, but it's really bare bones. I mean, there's no more, there used to be like those cut scenes, you know, where you're being able to do something cool. None of that anymore. It's just really static text boxes of like, Hey, this guy offered you a gig. Do you want to go do it? Um, when all is said and done, like none of that really matters. It's still like just get me to the next song. Let me play cool, fun music, and playing cool, fun music is still cool and fun. And um, the the big additive in this version is the new uh, solo mode, where you during the guitar solos you can basically do whatever you want. There is a structure to it that you can learn, and there's a really cool tutorial that'll teach you how. Um, so you can do the the correct structure in the solo, but you don't have to, you can just noodle around and do whatever you want on the top frets or the bottom frets or whatever. And it makes it sound good, but it doesn't make it sound good in a way that doesn't sound like you had any input. Like it really does feel like what you are doing is translated into something specific, but something specific that doesn't sound like cacophony. And, (laughs) and that's a pretty cool feat that they managed to pull off. And it's really neat. And it's, it's really neat in like real hard rock songs where you know, it, it breaks down and like, here we go, let's solo it out. And then you really do feel like you're improvising and having a great time adding your creativity to the song where it doesn't work. And this is kind of a common thing is, uh, in songs where the solo is iconic. And, and so you don't, you don't think of it as a solo. You don't think of it as like, this is the guitar solo part. You think of it as like, Oh, this is a, a, a real essential part of the song, and then it gets to that part, and, and you and you start doing stuff, and it doesn't sound anything like what you think the song should sound like, you know. So then right. it kind of breaks it. Like the this is a dumb song to reference as an example, but it's in the game, and it's a song that I kind of like from my uh, my youth, and that is um, "What's Going On" by Four Non Blondes. You know, nice. There's that that part where it's like. Nah, nah. you know it's like that that it, you feel like oh that's the melody but the game decided that's a s- guitar solo so you start going and you're like squishy, uh, and you're just like oh that doesn't that's not that doesn't fit in this song at all even though it sounds you know tonally correct it's 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 a strange feeling <laughs> to be messing with a song like that so jeff
2: top three songs and then i have a follow-up question with top three your songs in the game yeah, yeah, top 3 songs on the game that you like playing the most. Oh man, I have to look at a
0: list. I don't want to How m- get about anything wrong. One, number 1. Number one, 1 um on. um I really dig the fact that they have The Cure and they have U2 in there now. They have uh some older U2 um it's the name of the song that the U2 song that's on Boy um Shoot. But uh they have um The Cure Oh god, I need to look at a list.
2: Well, tell me
0: yours, I'm gonna look at a list of the songs. I I
2: I haven't I haven't played it. I haven't played it. So I wanted you to inspire me. My second question is were you able to do the solo with your teeth? (laughs) Not yet, but I'm working on it. Yeah, yeah. Let me know if that works out because if I can if I can flip the guitar around and play a solo with my teeth, then I might get it. Might be might have to bring my old band Shovel Kill out of retirement. Shovel Kill. That's
1: right. Uh, Jeff. Yeah. Another two parter. One, did you try using your old instruments? Two, did you pay hard-earned American dollars for this? And three, is it worth it? Um,
0: I uh, I got this sent to me by Harmonics. So full disclosure, I did not pay hard-earned dollars. I was definitely tempted to pay hard-earned dollars.
1: You had mentioned you were going to. That's why. I,
0: that's yeah. why I asked. I I probably would have. I probably wouldn't have bought. Like they sent me the full band kit. I probably would have just bought the guitar one um, mm-hmm. because drums in a house with a wife—it's not compatible. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> um, no. But uh, but you know the fact that I have it, I'm very excited about. Um, all right, so I'm looking at a list. Oh yeah, so glad they have. You guys know the band Live that was big in the '90s. That yep, song yeah. "All Over You" super fun to it's play. Hot. I um, thought they only had one song, and that was "Lightning Crashes." The yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Their first album, uh, which is called "Mental Jewelry," is previously all, recorded, all acoustic, and is an awesome album if you guys are into old old music. But it's one of my favorite albums ever. It's called Mental Jewelry by Live. And it's their first, like, all acoustic. Completely different from what you think of them as.
2: Um, what else is on here. That's awesome. If, if yeah. I only had $2, should I buy that or the Back to the Future Rocket League DLC?
1: Back to the Future. Touch well, your mean, face.
2: Okay, back just back checking. <laughs> uh,
0: anyway, guys, uh, I'm just saying that Rock Band is still fun. I'm glad it's back. Uh, I I think that the game itself, you know, it feels a little slight in a lot of ways. But, oh, the, the third part of your question was, did I use my old instruments? And you know the answer to that question, Christian.
1: I was sure if you got rid of all of them, but does the gear feel I got what- rid of all of them. Does yes. the gear
0: feel good, though? New stuff feels good? It doesn't feel any different to me. Okay. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, I think the, the drums maybe are a little sturdier, like the, the foot pedals a little sturdier and the, yeah. the pads are a little sturdier seems. I don't know. It's hard because I don't have a one-to-one comparison with stuff. It's just my memory of the stuff. Yeah. Uh, the guitar itself feels, you know, fairly slight. And not not particularly better made. I think it's it's kind but of
1: kudos to them. This is another I think example of a developer that should just be held up on our shoulders for. It seems like they really went above and beyond trying to make sure all of your old DLC carried over. Granted, it's within the family. They said they've tried cross family, but you know they are not able to do that. They're every like, I can use a Guitar Hero three wireless guitar with this. Like they really none really- of the wired ones though. Not the wired ones, the yeah. wireless ones. And, you know, even with Xbox, you have to buy a $20 dongle or whatever it is to use their stuff. But these guys really, really seem to try to take care of their fans. And that's uh, that's really, really cool.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, all right,
0: guys, let's uh, move on. But first, I do want to thank our second sponsor, and that is Casper. Uh, Casper makes mattresses. If you're... uh if you're like me, <laughs> then you probably slept on a mattress or are currently sleeping on a mattress far longer than you really should be. I actually started having back problems a while back. This is a couple years ago now. And um, I realized, oh my God, I've been sleeping on the same mattress that I had in college because I just took it to new places I lived. And I never thought, oh, people buy mattresses and mattresses are super expensive and it's super annoying. And I'm not going to go down to the store and lay down on a mattress and go, uh, this one, I don't know anything. Casper makes all of that easy and a lot less expensive. The great thing about Casper is they let you try it for a hundred days. You can sleep on your Casper mattress for 100 days before deciding whether you like it or not. You're not going to lay on it for a minute and a half in a showroom floor and understand whether it's right for you. You can get it delivered to your house. You buy it online. You get it delivered to your house. Then you try it out. It's super easy. And if you don't like it, they will come back to your house and take it away. It, it's not like you have to repackage it or futz with anything. If after 100 days, you're not satisfied, they come back and take it away for you. How cool is that? Plus, it's less expensive. 500 bucks for a twin size mattress, 950 for a king size. That's like a half the price of in- industry averages. It's, it's, a, it's crazy. Also, we're going to get you a $50 off coupon just by visiting our URL. D, uh, it's casper.com slash DLC and using the promo code DLC. So save 50 bucks more, get yourself a new mattress, sleep better at night, and try it for 100 days before you even decide if you like it. It's a, it's a ca- complete money-back guarantee. It's great. casper.com slash DLC. And the promo code DLC to get yourself $50 off. That's cool, and it lets them know that you listen to our show, which is helpful for us as well. Uh, All right, dudes, uh, let's carve out a little bit of tabletop time. Right now, right now. Right now. Zach, uh, you wrote down that you have been playing Clue. I know. Is that Hot.
2: recent? New hotness? Yes, yes. So what prompted that? Well, uh, recently we've had some epic Clue battles in the Lowry home. Um, again, going back to uh, you know my daughter, and as she's getting older, trying to get her into games, she seems like she likes board games. So I wanted to to kind of bring her into some of the the classics. Um, I enjoy deduction games, you know, like Mm. Clue. Yes. Uh, And I like to use my mind powers to trick my wife. And uh, so we we busted out Clue, which apparently was sold in some updated version where everybody's not like, you know, old Colonel Mustard and stuff like that. They're like all hipsters and stuff, but Uh whatever. The game still plays the same. (laughs) Hipster Mustard. You don't want Hipster mustard. Mustard. Yeah, yeah, but but it's been it's been fun. Like I said, I, I really enjoyed the the mind battle that you can you can flip things around on there, and you know, I, I like to set people up and then and then hopefully knock them down and drop those drop those whodunits on them.
0: <laughs> well, uh, if I may, I would like to uh, suggest some some other uh, deduction games that you might not know about that are, in my opinion, superior to Clue. But please also kind do. Of- So there's a game that I've talked about a lot on this show. I think we talked about it last week or the week before uh, called Mysterium, which uh, Christian and I have both played, uh, which is basically clue meets uh, this other game called Dixit. And the idea is you're still trying to figure out who done it and figure out where they done it and with what they did it with. But, um, but the difference is that the way you're getting clues is one player plays uh, the the victim And they're dead, and they're communicating to you from beyond the grave. So they're trying to—they can't talk to you. They can only communicate to you through imagery. So there's cards that have, like, really strange, eclectic-looking images on them, and they're using those cards to try to communicate who killed them and what they killed them with. Uh, It's a pretty clever take on the clue deduction thing. Um, So that's called Mysterium. Mysterium. But there's another deduction game that I think is even more fun. Uh, this requires four players, so you can't just play it with your wife. But if you guys have a couple friend that you can invite over, I highly, highly recommend a game called Witness. Witness. Uh, I think I've talked about this game before as well. Uh, it is really fun. It, it is... It is <laughs> it's, it's kind of like the game Telephone, you know, where you, you whisper something into somebody's ear and they have to remember yep. it. So right. the idea idea in this game is that it's four players and four players only, no fewer, no more, and uh, each of the four players has a quarter of the information required to solve a case. And the cases, there's dozens and dozens of cases that come with the game, and each of them is ranked in a, a varying difficulty level. So they're all sort of mental puzzles and you get like the story, you read a story out loud and everybody hears the story. And then each player has a book that they open to and they have certain pieces of information that they, that they know. And then you whisper certain pieces of information to the person to your left and certain pieces of information to the person to your right. And then they whisper certain pieces of information to their left and their right And everybody collectively has to try to piece together the information and solve the mystery. And you're working together to all try to come to the correct uh, solution. But you can't directly share information. You can only share this information by whispering to your colleagues' uh, ears, right? So – and the information is very complex. So it's got that that telephone thing where it's like, oh my god, remember that, remember that, remember that. I know I messed that up somehow. It is (laughs) – such a fun like dinner party experience because y- you uh, you know you're playing basically telephone trying to get people to remember things and you're all working toward the same goal so nobody is trying to kill each other or attack each other and uh, and the, the the mysteries themselves are really clever and really interesting um, it's a fantastic
2: game it's called Witness I'm adding it on Amazon right now <laughs> sorry yeah please I think you'll it dig it I awesome. love to hear what you think of it. Yeah. Uh, it sounds sounds really cool. Another thing that I'll toss out there, it's not necessarily a tabletopish ish uh, thing, but the, you you brought it back in my mind on the, the whole telephone feel of the witness game is a game that a, a few friends of ours have. Well, two games that we've combined and have discovered that they're much better combined than by themselves. And that is uh, the game Telestrations mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar yep. with that. Yeah, sure. yeah and throw the telestration cards away and break out the cards from Cards Against Humanity
0: <laughs> so, you're, so you're drawing really filthy things?
2: You're, you're drawing really filthy things and then passing those on and people are guessing what they are and writing it down and then somebody's writing what they wrote down that they Love think it. is filthy um, it, it's probably one of those games that in the, the next day after playing it with a bunch of people maybe add a little, a little alcohol involved your your side hurts you know you, you don't have to do crunches the next day because your, your solar plexes are just jacked from laughing so hard uh it, it's a good one it's a really That's good great one. uh
0: in the chat pain is saying that uh those are good games but not like clue if he wants to an upgrade to clue he should check out mystery of the abbey i have not played mystery of the abbey pain uh but i will uh, note your your suggestion and um I might have to search that out too. I really dig deduction games. Also, uh, there are there are so many great ones. Another one that I really like is Code Seven. If anybody's ever played Code Seven, the no. game's really awesome too. There's um,
2: one that I saw the other day. I can't remember the name of it. I was just trying to find it. It's like a shootout at an OK corral type game. Maybe, are you familiar with this? Uh, are you Where? talking about the the flicking game? Like, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I was reading about it and I was like, huh, I need to pick that up. It's basically like One person's the sheriff. One person's the the you know the rogue bandit, and then you've got all these other people in it, and it's kind of card based to where you're trying to shoot other people with cards. But oh, you're talking about Bang? Is it Bang? Yeah, I think so. Bang is is is. uh,
0: yeah, it's it's great. It's a it's a really uh uh short easy card game where yeah, everybody has a different role. You don't know who is who, and you're shooting. You're trying depending on your role, you're trying to shoot. Uh, the correct people, or not get shot as the case may be. Right, right. Uh, yeah, very fun game. Yeah, cool. In fact, I think someone just showed me on Twitter, and I wasn't even aware of this, but somebody's m- made a version of Bang based on Heroes of the Storm. So hmm. uh, that is a game that I definitely will have to
2: play. <laughs> I that sounds interesting for sure. There's a lot of characters to play with. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and one more this week, no, Morales this week
0: anywho um fun that's fun um love, love deduction games and uh so if you guys have uh, any other suggestions love to hear those as well and we can talk about them in future weeks but um now it's time to wrap up the show we do have our parting gift coming soon uh but i want to thank zach lowry for being on the show zach this was great really fun um where can people keep up with you this week if they're inclined
2: uh, if you guys want to follow me, I'm on the Twitters at ZLO, the number four, and then show, ZLO, fo show. Um, that's pretty much where I'm around. Uh, you can follow bosskey.com, the company I work for, and lawbreakers.com is the game that we have coming out uh, hopefully soon. I yeah, think, you, you're- uh, you guys will dig it.
0: You said you were about you were able to uh, give us a firm release date on that uh, on the show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be uh,
2: <laughs> next Monday. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, it'll, it'll be soon. We're right now just super focused on making it as, as as good a game as possible to to people jump in and, and have those layers and layers of that combat dance that we talked about earlier. Well,
1: combat. true to the the name of the game, when it comes out, I'm going to download it and not pay anything. How do you like them I think, <laughs> I think combat. Dude.
0: Combat live free, dance. live free. Yeah. <laughs> dance is my favorite dance after bat dance. I think it goes bat dance then combat dance. Bat dance Amen. brings me back, man. <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll pay we two dollars for game. a Back to the Future two dance though.
2: <laughs> nice. Uh, no, no, I really appreciate you guys having me on. I will come back anytime. It's been a blast. It's really fun. Cool, man. Thanks, uh, Christian. How about you? What do you got going on this week?
1: uh i'm on twitter at spicer i am getting back to regular twitch streaming uh currently doing thursdays at 1 pacific thereabouts and i'm kind of thinking about doing mondays as well right after this show jumping on around 1 pacific on mondays it's twitch.tv slash christian spicer i do another podcast called uninformed opinions with Stuart knox you might know as wombat from Cheapass gamer we have a hundred episodes out there Usually comes up on uh, Tuesdays or Wednesdays. It's called Uninformed Opinions. Then I do a live call-in show with another comedian, Dean Del Rey, on All Things Comedy called Bitchin', and it's live uh, Tuesdays at two thirty p.m. And you can find the RSS and archive of those on his podcast called Let There Be Talk. Um, so come hang out, and uh, yeah, that's that's about it. What about you, Jeff? What's going on?
0: Well, I've always got the Slash Filmcast going strong. Uh, we had a fun uh, Martian episode last week. I think we're doing The Walk this week and then Steve Jobs. So uh, keep keep your eye on Slash Filmcast.com for fun movie reviews. And uh, my comedy show, which is We Have Concerns, you can find it at WeHaveConcerns.com. We got short 20 minute episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday every week. So check those out. People dig them. And you can always follow me on Twitter at Jeff Canada as well. It's spelled with two N's and one T. All right, dudes. Uh, let's wrap this up. Let's get to our parting gift. This is Zach, you have a uh, recommendation to get people through the week?
2: Yeah. Uh, I'm going to toss this one out there. I don't know if you guys have talked about it before but I'm going to give a movie recommendation for a film that I really enjoyed. And that is it follows. Yeah. That's one of my favorite movies of the year. It's so good. Perfect time to watch it. It, It's the perfect time to watch it. And if you haven't seen it, what I would suggest is don't look into what it's about. Just jump into it fresh, sit down. It's, it's a horror movie, but it's not full of, Jump scares and all that traditional, you know, torture porn type feel that you get out of a lot of horror movies these days. It's it's unique. Uh, The premise is out there, but it is just so well done. And I love the fact that it starts from the moment the movie turns on to the moment it ends. You know, it's just it's just really well done. Agreed. And you have a TV show recommendation, too. Uh, yeah. The other the other one is uh, it's it's gaining popularity, and that's Mr. Robot. If you guys haven't watched that, I would definitely recommend. Uh, crazy show about a hacker and the world that he lives in. And it's just it's out there. It's a good show. Comes yeah, on. It's the, the most
0: accurate view of hacking ever put on any kind of film like any movie and TV show it is it does more respect to the actual programming and hacking than any movie has ever done. i, I agree they're not flying spaceships
2: through like virtual worlds <laughs> right. and stuff like that you know which that has a place hackers is a great film but now this is uh it's a really good tv show and i'm very excited to see what happens where they take it in the next season cool christian what about you what's your parting gift
1: um Jessica Jones was screened at New York Comic-Con, the first episode, I believe, in full. If you are excited about that, that is the next Marvel Netflix series coming down the pipes here pretty soon. I don't have any inside information on this, but I, based on my deductive reasoning from my many years of playing Clue, uh, <laughs> I, I think the version of Jessica that this series is going to focus on is found in the Marvel Max line alias and they are collected versions of Alias. It is not the J.J. Abrams show Alias. (laughs) Um, Is that J.J.? I think it's J.J.
0: It was J.J., yeah.
1: Um, It is Jessica Jones post being a costume superhero and living in this world, and it's really, really good. It is for mature readers. It is when they were doing Punisher Max, and and Alias is definitely a Max Line comic. But if you haven't read it and you're excited for Jessica Jones and you want to get a taste for what I think they're going to do with that character in this universe, I would pick up... uh, any of the alias books and uh, give them a read.
0: It's so great. I just reached over onto my uh, bookshelf and picked up the hardcover edition that I have, uh, Brian Michael Bendis and Michael Gatiss, uh alias. It is so good. I plan to reread it before watching the series too. I um, oh, mean, I couldn't be more excited. It, the reviews of that first episode are, everybody's freaking out. So
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very excited. After what they did with Daredevil, I, I'm really hoping they take this kind of down the same route. So. Yeah. Uh, I
0: want to, I don't know if we've ever mentioned this on the show. You can correct me, uh, Christian, if I'm, if we've already talked about it, but I uh, finally got a chance to catch up on season two of Rick and Morty guys, Rick and Morty. It's, we live in a gilded age where we have, we have Bojack Horseman and we have Rick and Morty and we have South park like the three of the greatest animated things that have ever been. Uh, Rick and Morty is, is some of the best sci-fi in the world and it happens to be on this like ridiculous goofy kids not even it's not for kids but it's
1: a it, it, cartoon i think kids can watch it though i i yeah, you, it's you a little dark that dude a little bit it does get dark but it's not it's not the it's not super mature it's not
0: well, there's it's like not south a Park. sex bot south. episode and <laughs> i mean there's 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 a lot of stuff but it has some of the best just ideas i've ever seen in any medium like pure just great sci-fi chunky sci-fi ideas uh, and season two ends in the most amazing way. Like it's ah, oh, it's so it's so good. So I highly recommend Rick and Morty. It's on uh, Adult Swim from the mind
1: awesome. of Dan Harmon.
2: Yeah, awesome indeed. And if All you right. guys ever play uh, Dota, I know they got the Rick and Morty voice pack for that. So check right. that out. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, true. I forgot about that. Um, the voices are so strange. Like it's such an odd. The the voice of Morty always belching for no reason. It's it's such it's so strange, but cool. Um, all right, that's going to do it for this episode of DLC. Uh, thanks to Zach Lowry and Christian Spicer. Uh, thank you to Hattie and Maggie and all the folks at DLC uh, for uh, helping us out this week and dealing with the uh, Skype five, problems. What did what you say? At five by five. What did I say? At DLC. Oh, at five by five. Yeah. Sometimes I uh, don't listen to myself. It's, it's so much nicer that way. <laughs> um, and uh, thank you, chat room, for uh, being here and helping and contributing to the show. We really appreciate that. Thanks to everybody who downloads and listens to the show. If you give us a five-star rating on the iTunes, we certainly appreciate that. And uh, maybe tell your friends about the show. That helps, too. Uh, we will be back next Monday, 11 a.m. Pacific time. Until then, think about what you put out into the world. Make it a better place.